Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, the theme of the night was cheated, and Ernie Smith shared a story about the expectations of a father and of a son. I was born and raised near Akron, Ohio. Akron is the rubber capital of the world. Thank you. Shout out for Akron. My father uh, ran our family business like his father before him, and being the oldest of four children, there was an expectation there that eventually I would take over that business. Uh, That was never my intent, and what that led to what that meant was that unfortunately everything that I decided to do in my life never seemed to uh, satisfy my dad or meet with his approval and as I go through this story you might start to think that maybe I had a fucked up childhood I didn't Um, I had a very upper middle class white privileged childhood we had things, he gave us things, we did things, we took great vacations, but everything came with strings attached. He was a master manipulator and a chaos creator and passive-aggressive. I have harbored a resentment all my life because I have felt that I never bonded, I never had that father-son field of dreams relationship with my dad and the more I have thought about it I kind of trace it back to a period when I was in high school I was a junior in high school and I discovered acting a friend of mine uh, suggested that I go out and try out for a play and sure enough I got it it was a one-act play called Bad Bad Jojo and I, I, I had the lead our drama teacher Uh, entered that play into a one-act play festival, and I won Best Actor. It was the first time I'd ever acted on stage. Unless you count the time in kindergarten when I was the fiddle in the Our Lady of Elms production of Hey Diddle Diddle, the Cat (laughs) and the Fiddle. If you count that, that was uh, my second time. So I won Best Actor, and the prize for that was I got a trophy and a scholarship to uh, St. Louis University. Uh, But the catch was I was a junior. So instead of getting the scholarship, I got the trophy, and the runner-up got the scholarship. But the people at the festival were really nice, and they said, hey, next year when you graduate, come and see us. We'd love to have you at St. Louis U. So there you go. That was my first experience, I think, that I can think of, of being cheated. I was cheated by circumstance. I, I loved acting. I was completely enthralled at that point. I tried out for every single play. I was getting lead roles and everything. I was Jesus fucking Christ in Godspell. Um, And the problem with that was it also occurred at a time when I wanted to quit playing football. See, I'd played football ever since I was a little kid. And when I told my dad that I was done, I didn't want to play anymore. I'd been hurt, I had both my ankles, my knees, I'd had concussions, I just, I, I didn't want to play anymore. He was not happy. So to get me to play my senior year, what he did is he bribed me with a motorcycle. Um, I prostituted myself for a blue Honda 350 Scrambler. But I had no heart for the game left. I still love football, but I just, at that point, I didn't want to play. 
And my coach knew I didn't want to play. But I still went to every practice, and I suited up for every game. And I played a little. Uh, most of the time, I just rode the bench. There was a tradition my senior year at our high school where at the, the last game of the year, everybody, every, every senior got to play. It didn't matter how badly you sucked for four years previous. If you were a senior, you got to play. I didn't get to play. Coach didn't put me in. We had another tradition, and that tradition was that for every game during the football season, they would pick an honorary coach, a dad, to be honorary coach. And he got to hang out and go to the pregame meals and be in the locker room and walk to sideline during the game. And you'll never guess who the honorary coach was for that last game of my senior year. I don't know if he was embarrassed for me, or I don't even know if he was embarrassed for himself for being there, but what I do know is that after the game, I was angry, and I was frustrated, and I was humiliated. And I said the following words to him. Are you happy now? I don't remember if he said anything in return to me, but what I do know is that that was probably the last time we ever talked to each other. And what I mean is not that we never talked to each other. What I mean is we never talked with each, to each other, you know? I mean, we talked at each other, but we never talked to each other. I kept on acting. Um, I eventually went to college. I didn't go to St. Louis because I rationed that I would uh, go away to college and, and become a screw-up and just drink and party and flunk out, so it would be better if I stayed home. I went to Kent State where I took up uh, a theater and acting there. And again, I did pretty well. I landed a role. My first uh, uh, role was on the, the main stage at Kent, which is a big deal for a freshman. He wasn't impressed. My dad never came to any play I was ever in, ever. And I always thought that was weird because he acted in high school. He never missed a football game, but he never came to a play I was in. So anyway, I got this big role at Kent. You know, as a freshman, I was, you know, kind of cock of the walk, I guess, for a minute. And I took that opportunity and started to party and not study, and I was flunking out. I was going nowhere. I was going nowhere real fast. Um, My prospects at that point seemed to be smoking a lot of weed and then going to work in the family business. Uh, Lucky for me, uh, Vietnam was still a thing at the time, and they had uh, a draft lottery. And the draft lottery is exactly what it sounds like. Everybody had a number, and they would go and and pop these numbers into the thing just like you see on TV. And if your number came up, you got drafted. Well, my turn uh, for that lottery, they ended it, boom, right before it was me. So what I did is I ran right out and enlisted in the Navy. Because my thinking was, hey, I'm going to get in and out of the service before these crazy assholes start another war. I chose the Navy because my dad had been in the Navy. And I was thinking that, wow, maybe he'll be impressed. You know, maybe he'll like this. You know, he, he flew airplanes. And I can remember as a little kid going with him to the airfield sometimes. And it was, like, really cool to know that my dad flew these airplanes. Uh, when I told him I enlisted, he threw a shit fit. I mean, he was so angry, 
I can't even begin to, uh, you know, adequately express how angry he was. But I, I, and I don't know why, because, again, we never talked about it. While I was in the service, I got a, a letter from my mom. And my mom told me that my dad had checked himself into uh, a hospital, a rehab hospital. Uh, he was an alcoholic. I never knew that my father was an alcoholic. I knew that my parents had friends and parties, and we always had picnics, and there was always beer and drinking. And But he was never a drunk, you know? I mean, he was never a drunk, at least not in front of me that I can remember. So there I was in the Navy, and harboring this fantasy that when I got out, that I would go home and I would sit down with him and we would have a shot and a beer and maybe figure out what the hell had happened in the years previous and fix it and get over it. And that wasn't going to happen because my dad was an alcoholic. And instead of being happy for him, instead of being proud of him for doing what was right, the right thing for him, I was pissed. I was cheated. And yeah, in retrospect, I know that makes me seem like a dick. When I got home from the service, I started back into Kent State, and I was doing really well. I was getting better grades, because of course I'd been four years, I was older, I was mature. And when you know what life happened, I had to get married. I didn't have to get married, but I did get married, because I did the right thing. And it was the right thing, because now I have two beautiful daughters and two wonderful grandsons. And the, the marriage didn't last, but that doesn't matter because I ended up with this two, these two wonderful girls. And I, I think we have a good relationship. At least, I think we do. Maybe one day they'll be up on a stage telling a story to a bunch of people. I had to go and ask my father for a job. And it was horrible, and I hated every minute of it. Our relationship was fucked, and it was just getting worse. I never went back to acting, but I did start a band. And again, oddly enough, the band started doing really well. Uh, We traveled. If I told you the names of some of the bands we played with, you might go, that's really cool. Uh, But he was uh, never impressed. I would come home from gigs in New York or Chicago or Texas, and I would walk through that door, and I always hoped that maybe I would hear, hey, how did it go? But instead, what I heard every single time was, can I sell the business yet? And that is where this voice started in my head. And it's the voice that says, everything I do sucks, that I'm stupid, that nobody likes me, and right now the voice is talking to me too. It's talking to me right here. It's telling me, these people wonder when you're going to stop with this whiny little fucking story and get off the stage. So eventually I quit, and it was the best thing that happened to me because, again, in my fantasy, I thought by leaving the, the job... It would put some separation between us, and then maybe we could work on our relationship. And as you could imagine, me leaving the business just was a whole nother shitstorm. For me, it was a great thing because it brought me here. 
okay? And after a couple of years here, my current wife and I, we started making movies. And we started doing really well with those movies. And a funny thing happened. My, my dad started complimenting me. But the problem was that voice kept saying to me, don't believe him. He doesn't mean it. And so I quite possibly cheated myself out of a connection there. We had a couple of films screening at a film festival about two years ago in Ohio. And I didn't know that she was going to do it. My oldest daughter went and got my father and brought him to the festival. And I remember he walked into the the screening room just as the first movie started. And I, I broke down, like in convulsive tears. Because remember, he had never come to a single play that I'd ever been in and never supported me musically, but there he was. It was uh, the closest thing that I would get to that field of dreams fantasy of the ghost dad walking out of the cornfield and saying, hey, do you want to play catch? About a year ago, my dad died of cancer. It was Memorial Day. He got sick really suddenly. And when I say suddenly, I mean suddenly. It was like I got a phone call, hey, Dad's in the hospital. And when, within a week, he was in hospice. He died of a really hideous form of cancer that he didn't know he had. And there was nothing they could do about it. I sat in hospice uh, with him and, again, started thinking that maybe, just maybe, this would be the time. Maybe this would be the point where I could talk. Maybe we would connect. Maybe we would get back all those years. But instead he told me to leave. I, I tried to argue. I tried to resist him, but he insisted, so I left. My dad uh, wasn't a monster. He was just really flawed as a human being. And quite frankly, I wasn't that great of a son. I was a hot mess. (laughs) I still am a hot fucking mess. And... I have a feeling that if my siblings were ever to hear this story, they might be horrified. They might be thinking that I'm just being dramatic, and maybe I am, because apparently I used to be good at that. (laughs) But, you know, it's... I'm not telling their story. This is my story. And so, anyway, to wrap up, I just want to do like a little South Park thing here, you know? and say uh, don't cheat yourself you know whether it's your life if it's love especially not your dreams and if your dad can't have a drink with you don't be a dick about it just get a soda and talk If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just watch the show, visit tellmemorelive.org.
That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.